Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, let's take a moment. I've got to clear my throat. <clears throat> okay. Praise you, Jesus. This is, I don't know, have you feel the presence of God here so strong? I mean, he's just like thick. And his... Yes, we're so grateful. We're so grateful. We don't want to, you know, when, when God begins to fill, then we begin to diminish. And we, it's a joy to diminish when he starts to fill. And he's filling, and he's, we, it's growing. And thank you all for the prayers, being a part of prayer on Wednesdays. Thank you all for participating or giving permission for us to step into intercession where we can be directed by God's Holy Spirit, by Jesus' prayers on where to stand in the gaps that are present in the world, wherever the conflicts are, global, for Israel, for America, for his church. We are learning to do that as one voice, one heart, one mind, which is process of, of training, and that's what we're learning to do. I want to begin in uh, second, First Samuel chapter 16, 15. No, 16. I'll just skip. Today's, uh, I want to really, in our process of being together, give thanks to our Lord for all he's done for us and allow for that spirit. I believe, I keep hearing the Lord say, a week of thanksgiving, a week of giving thanks so don't wait till Thursday. We begin now, and we'll continue it all the way until next Sunday when we, met, we regather. And I was reminded, you remember the old, uh, the first, uh, the Mary Poppins that most of the baby boomers grew, grew up with, Julie Andrews, Andrews, and there was that famous song, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Well, I, I was hearing the Lord say, a mouthful of thanksgiving helps the bitterness digest. <laughs> Most of the things of God, they taste sweet when you bite into them, and then they cause the transformation process, which often is a difficult one. So thanksgiving is super huge. And, oh, but let me give a, a, front, a reference point. A verse... Chapter 1, verse 1, so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle. I believe we're practicing this, that David had erected. Uh, this is First Chronicles 16, 1. Then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings and blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed to everyone of Israel, both men and women, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. That's the scripture I'd like to launch from today. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. We're familiar with thanks, and I think we're familiar with praise. Thanks is the word yada, meaning to throw the hands up, and to wholehearted thanksgiving. Praise is the word hala, which means is to brighten up and to become like we, like we stepped into today. But the word commemorate 
It literally means simply to remember or to mark, or it comes from the idea of the mail. It's something of locking in what is of God and what he's done and who he is so that we don't drift. Like uh, to, to remember is to return. To remember is to reactivate. To testify to Jesus is to open up the future ahead of us. It's the opposite would be we forget. So Israel, David said, we're, we're, we've just had the most incredible point yet for the history and, and the future of Israel. We brought the ark in. We are positioned now to minister to the Lord, but we can't forget what we have been through, what God has done, who he is. Otherwise, we will stop being thankful. And if we stop being thankful, our praise will delight, will just disappear. Thanksgiving is the first step into praise. It's, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. It begins with often just a sacrifice. And again, because our adversary wants to, to remove us from this glorified place in Christ, he does everything to distract us from truth and the scriptures and the spirit and instead focus on the circumstances, whether they are personal or they're political or they're economic, anything to get us away from beholding, thanking, and praising God because there is the strength. This year is the year to, you know, praise him, praise him, for he is good, for he is good. I praise you, I praise you, for your mercies endure forever. Just positioning. Praise is the way you enter in. Without praise, nobody stands around God and doesn't praise him. You just drift far from him because otherwise the praise annoys us. But praise will also be the means to enter in whenever you're in the trouble. That's why it's... It, we don't praise God from how our soul is doing. We praise God from who he is, to who he is, and receive that. So this commemorating. And so I was thinking to, for, to myself, because I, I wanted to thank the Lord. And I, don't, I, would, I thought earlier yesterday... We were driving home from uh, San Diego. We'd been down with our oldest daughter's family. Her husband and they had a marine ball they had to go to. And so we had the kids. And I was thinking about five things. And I suggest you, five things you thank God for about him, himself. Often we might think about what he's done for us, which is very important, but who he is. And who he is is what he's done for us. I mean, I had no reason to be saved. I had no upbringing in salvation. I did not understand. I didn't even know who Jesus was at the age of 19 until in the seeking process the word was given and then I could, my heart launched onto it. But truly, he saved me in Christ like he saved us before the foundation of the world. And it was God who came after me looked for me and found me, stirred my heart, allowed me to desire and want, and just so grateful. I said to Cammie uh, last Sunday after we got home, 
I said, I'm so thankful that God gave his son so we could be saved. And then, I am so thankful he gave us his word so we could know his son. Without his word, we would not know his son. And as I said those words, I just, just affirmed. Those are two things I'm very thankful for. I am thankful for the son who is our salvation. And I know because of what he was willing in submission to the Father to empty himself, to have God to become a man, then to take upon himself our sin, our suffering, our sorrows, our tests, and pay the penalty, and then in faith believe the Father would deliver him out of death. So he went into death expecting that death would be conquered through his obedience. And through death he destroyed him who had the power of death. That's the devil. And delivered all of us who through fear of death were always subject to slavery because we would be shut down because of the threat that could emerge, you know, in any, any case. So I'm so thankful, so thankful that he is willing us. Now I'm so thankful for his intercession. He, he, he could have, I would have, most likely, said, well, I got you in a good place. Now figure it out. Don't mess up this time. Make it work. But instead, he said, no, 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 the whole thing went south because the archangel, the covering angel, Lucifer, the covering cherub, had decided that he wanted to be like God instead of absolutely dependent upon God. And so he separated himself as his own entity to compete with God. Once God saw this, he threw him to the earth, and this was the end of Satan, but he had he had perverted righteousness into iniquity. He had come up with the idea that, that um, what I do is who I am. And since I'm so important in what I'm doing, that many think he was the worship leader in heaven, I'm going to turn some of that toward me. I'm going to start to receive the benefit of who I am by what I do. And that's what happened in the garden. He passed that lie on. And so we, all of us, are born with a separation anxiety immediately upon birth. Some, some handle it better than others, but you know we become aware very quickly out of the mother's womb that I'm alone, and it's cold, and I'm hungry, and I'm wet, and I don't know what any of that is. And then we, it gets reinforced when we go to school, because others tell us that we're cold, wet, and you know, and we're. So we, that posture then forces us to try to project ourselves into a better place, to be a better person, to do more. And, and that's, so I'm so grateful that he came willingly and trusting. Jesus never spoke of going to the cross without saying, and on the third day I'll be raised. And he had faith that God would raise him from the dead, out of the dead. And that faith is what saved him and me and you. Well, that's the faith of Jesus. So I'm so thankful, Jesus, that you would just do this. I mean, you could have quarantined. You could have put a fence around Eden and uprooted the tree of life and, or just torched the earth right then and there and take us all out. But instead, no, love demanded this. And love required you, and you were willing, and you obeyed the Father, and you, you 
overcame where we've where, where, where Adam and Eve had fallen in the garden, you succeeded in the testings and the trials and the hell. And then you gave us your word. And because of the word, we know you. You gave me the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I am so grateful for Holy Spirit. I was so grateful for Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for being present with us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We know you're the only reason we'll succeed. You're the only means to which life will change. Ha <laughs> ha. We, we, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming so willingly. Mm. The first word Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit was he would not leave us comfortless, but he would send a comforter. Then the next thing he says, he will bring to your remembrance. He's the reminder. That's why whenever we will take the time, which I am so thankful for prayer. Uh, that God would say, I want you so involved in my life. I want you inside me. I'll give you my word, and then I want to in, in bring you into intimacy inside of my word by my spirit, and I love to spend time with you. I, I'd rather have spend time with you than anyone. And just to create that. Again, wouldn't it stand to reason? You think, well, gosh, I don't know if I want to let this renegade group of people that close into my heart. I already had it tough enough letting one man once a year come into my holy place. But instead, God said, it's open. The door's open. Come on in. My son made it possible. Run in with the boldness my blood gives you. Don't even hesitate. You are accepted. You're coming through resurrection. And he's the high priest over the house. So you are in good company. Think of that. And he, seriously, I mean, if you think about, why would you let us get so involved in life again? You would, you'd want to kind of say, you, you just don't touch that. Don't touch this. and don't. Now he's saying, go touch everything. Get inside everything. Grow in everything. You go, but, but what if I do it wrong? Well, you will. I'm counting on it. I'm thankful that I've failed in everything I set out to do. I have uh, made the worst mistakes trying to do the, the best for God. And I'm so thankful that he knew that was the way it would be. Just a few weeks ago, I said, Lord, I'm, you know, I really kind of, I'm sorry that I just seem to not be able to do anything you tell me to do in a way I imagine I should be able to do it. And, and, you know, what a mess. And I heard the Lord before I even got to fill, you know, finish my repentance. He said, I was counting on it. I was always counting on you because this is the discovery. I'm thankful for his word. Without his word, I would not have known truth. And I would have been bound to the lie that I had forged for myself into chains of affliction in my 19 short years of life. And all of the ramifications of my soul, I would never have had an opportunity for it to come into the freedom God has ordained for it. I'm so thankful for his word. And I apologize to him constantly now. I said, I'll tell anybody and everything, if, there, if I had one regret and one thing I could do differently, it's not an act, it's not a decision, although this was an act and it came out of a decision, I can remember the day. But I would 
read the Bible ferociously, consistently, cover to cover every year. I would be in the New Testament just like I am now, three times a year. And I would read Psalms so I could get my praise about every day. And I would have done it, had I done it, I would have done it instead of reading through the Bible a number of times until you kind of got a framework of it. Now, you're, now you can kind of take the library and focus in on topics and things you're seeking after, prayer or revival or, or, or peace. And, and, and not realizing that I was like snacking taking portions of truth that were applicable and needed, nothing wrong with studying out a theme or a doctrine, but I was missing, uh, I, I was having an, un, uh, an incomplete diet. And this year, in the last two years, I am so thankful for the, the Bible. It's just amazing. It's, it's the only book that's living, let's put it that way. There is no other book in the planet, on the earth, that's living, pulsating, light, sharp, has the capacity to communicate faith, is only was given, not by man, but by the Holy Spirit, moving upon holy men for the purpose to reveal Christ Jesus. It's just, I'm so thankful for that. And because the scripture is truth, when I abide in it, it starts to change me, whether I realize it or not. Now, never being saved, never having gone to church in my life, never understanding, uh, my, my parents were atheists, but they were ag agnostic. Um, and when my mom got saved, I was probably 13 by the time she got saved, and it was too late for me as far as where I'd already tasted the world and was heading strong. But she began to pray, and I had enough experience to start to long to discover. And, you know, God, anyway, I, I got saved. Then the Scripture, and then the Holy Spirit, and practicing prayer, and spending time with the Lord, began to rapidly transform my life. Because... When we say yes to Jesus isn't when God begins our journey into our future. Our future was given in Jesus before time began. So all of a sudden, it's like rapid transition because we're not only are we saved, but when we are saved, we are also called. We are called and saved before the foundation of the world. So we're saved with a purpose, sonship with a purpose. And also we're coming alive to it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And some of us kind of just move slowly into it. Some of us, like me, I was so lost. I was so dark. I was just going, I found it. 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 And it was an accumulation. I was reading the scriptures, you know, just ferociously. And I would feel the anointing in ministry. My, my beginning point was to say to who was to be my youth pastor and ministry director after I'd gone to church the first time on a Sunday, two times to two churches, I said, all I want to do is spend the rest of my life helping people find Jesus. I didn't know that was my calling, but it, at the time it was the heart of gratitude. It was like, I want to do this. And so the scripture became powerful. I'm thankful for the, his anointing, aren't you? He just will give you strength. He gives you resource. 
I remember the first time of learning to feel the anointing, I'd think, oh, this is so awesome. Do a, we did coffee houses back then, small, small gatherings. And I'd just, I'd just come home. I was, you know, wow, God, you used me. Wow, I, saw, I said things I didn't even know I knew. And wow, you heal people. And wow, 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 wow. And I thought, I'd get up the next morning and go, I'm going to just get my Bible. I'm going to get my buddy study. I'm going oh, to get into this. And fortunately, see, God's, it, it's like I have to do what I got to do. But God's always letting me know that I don't have to do what I got to do. But I can't stop myself. But he has a plan for that. In any case, I remember with the Bible and a concordance, and these were not on your phone back then. They didn't even have phones that traveled with us. And I'm getting into it, and just a whisper of the Holy Spirit said, how much of this do you think you can get without me? And it's like going, you know, you want to think stinker. That's not fair. I think I should be able to get a lot anyway, you know, but I realize that. But it, Here's what happens. From a wicked, selfish, sin-filled, rebellious teenager to a what, a, what a better life, what an improvement, what a best blessing you're bringing and helping others and giving, you know, purpose. Little by little, as the scriptures and the prayer and the spirit and the ministry and, so, and the family... I'm thankful for family. We were all alone, but we got saved into a family. We're born into a family. We are a family. And we, it's just what a joy. But in the midst of that, little by little, I began to learn how to do the scripture. And I had a grasp of what God was after and what he wanted to accomplish. And I learned how to avoid evil and choose good. And I began to, through the scripture, gained a lot of wisdom and insight. And I remember reading Proverbs every month just because it was just telling me, don't do this, do that, don't do this, do that. I'm okay, I'm, I'm all over it. I've been doing the wrong, and I want to do the right. So I'm doing, doing, doing. Not realizing that part of my soul was now shielding itself from the basic fears and separations and rejections that you are born into because I, it said, okay, I'm just going to sort this out and I know how to do it. Uh, later on, <clears throat> well, let, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. I just want to, this, Thanksgiving is a powerful force because it's acknowledging that God is the only one who can bring life and victory and help and triumph, no matter who we are, what we try to do, no matter. And I don't know, this is kind of like a message you could read, you could do out of Hebrews 12, you could, it's just every place. But bitterness is the fruit of failed grace. Where grace fails us, where we perceive grace will bring this and we do not, the root of bitterness will rise. And it's subtle. It's, it's, um, it's just kind of like a, it it's, creates a, uh, 
a control mechanism that will often never be seen in us unless God kindly decides to show us. So we can be at Job, the most integrous man, and yet have a heart filled with pride and fear that we will never let be touched except by the circumstances that he had to walk through. Could he finally come to the realization that he was the problem and not God? And God was after what was in his heart, the Leviathan, the king of pride, swimming there. That, what a story he had to go through. But I was like that. I had a lot of integrity. It's not that I don't have it now. I just don't trust in any of it. Trying to observe being integrous, but I do not trust any of it as the righteousness that would give me a place. So, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Let's just go through this. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. These are the aspects of things we encounter in the world and mostly within the religious world. The mutilation would be those who are commanding people to return to, circ- to circumcision, to enter into the Jewish rites, which would be the means for their salvation, putting the first covenant ahead of the second covenant. And he said, though I also... Um, so then he says, no, this is what we are. We are the circumcision of the heart. We'll know that in Scripture who worship God in spirit, or in the spirit we worship God. That's why this kind of our gathering like that, where the Lord, Holy Spirit starts to do what the law could never do, and the command could never demand. <laughs> we just start rising in the sound. Rejoice or boast in Christ Jesus. The only one who receives glory and who makes anything possible is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus. We have all boasting in Jesus. Don't look at me. It's the name of Jesus. Don't wonder. Jesus, Jesus. And we have no confidence in the flesh. Now, this is the part that's the struggle part that I, you know, it takes, I think it's harder to get out of righteousness than it is to get into it. Meaning, when I begin to practice righteousness without realizing it, I practice it from myself. We call it self-righteousness, but it's later Paul's saying, listen, I've, it's a confidence builder. I told the Lord just two years ago, I said, Lord, I'm so sorry that I made it my aim to f- make you love me, to make sure you could not love me. I chose righteous decisions so that I would not be told I'm not accepted because of fear fueled that. That was a fear-based relationship trying to make myself loved. And what happens over time is that you, everything that is not Jesus Christ, even the good that we do, will no longer carry us into the center of God. So Paul said, uh, although I might have confidence in the flesh, and this he lists if anyone else thinks he should have confidence, this is Paul now. This is the apostle. This is toward one of his last letters he writes. I more. I was circumcised the eighth day. You know, if you're, if you're to be circumcised in, in Judaism, it's not the seventh day, and it's not the ninth day. It's the eighth day. 
And he start, I started right. I was of the stock of Israel. I wasn't a Gentile. Of the tribe of Benjamin. I knew where I came from. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. I'd separated myself to the law completely unto the law. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. And then, again, I, I could never relate to that because that's not where I came from. But I didn't realize, it seems like we all go there. Once, once upon a time, we will try to make sure we're dotting all our I's and, you know, crossing our T's and keep, you know, minding the, the you know, Q's and P's, P's and Q's. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Now, I just want to address something that if the Lord would grant you favor, I would have fallen into a pit. As righteous as I was, I could never probably have come into truth had the Lord not withstood me. You know, he's, he's committed to stand against pride. Pride is anything we do to secure ourselves apart from what God has accomplished in the Son. Anything that makes us self-dependent or independent is rooted somewhere in our pride. And God, and, and if we say to somebody, well, the, your, your righteous acts are based in pride. Well, there's how, do you, how can you prove that? And, and I know for personally, people would say that to me. I said, that's not true. Cammie and I, when we would get into the best of our fights, you know, she's such a beautiful wife, and so submissive, and she's going to get more rewards than I'll ever get because she endured me and tried to win me without a word when I was disobedient to the word. But you see, how could she tell me I was disobedient to the word? I know the Bible better than her. I pray more than she does. I have a, I have a mind that just captures details and patterns, and I recognize it. I can tell you stuff. So, you know, when she'd come to try to say, hey, I... Where you're, where you're coming from is not right. I'd say, prove it, you know, in effect. <laughs> no, I know who I am. You don't know. You, you're, you know, it's like when we read this, you know, John 7, when the, they, the soldiers come back after, during the tabernacle feast and they didn't arrest Jesus. And the Pharisees say, why didn't you arrest him? And he said, no man ever spoke like this. He said, are you guys Galileans too? And then he says this. This makes me chuckle now. He said, look at us. Have any of the leaders followed him? Like, are, you know, the, 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 the multitude are cursed because they don't know the law. It so happens. So, but shoot, I made vows. A lot of times that's a good thing. Most time not. I made I'm not going to have that happen. I'm not going to have this happen. I judge my parents. I'm not going to let that happen to my kids because they let me run too loose, so I'll keep a tighter leash. I, um, I judged uh, churches because I was young and I was alive and I had movement and they were old and they were not alive in my perception. And I just, I just made a lot of internal choices which were setting me up to have to have them fail. I don't understand why, other than I do know the first time I ever went through something I really did not want to go through, 
and thought, God, you're really missing. We're missing a moment. We've got to get out of this. Finally, I saw what he wanted me to see on the end of the trial. Sometimes you just don't see things when you're entering in because you, we don't, self-justification, self-righteousness, self-rationalization, all of those things are so a part of us to try to keep ourselves from being rejected and living in shame and being told we don't, don't matter because we do matter and we're not to live in shame. So we have these other things. And I remember I said, Lord, and it all, when it came out of my mouth, I was like, did I really say that? I said, Lord, I'm so grateful for you taking me through this, which I never wanted to go through. And that was the first of many. So these scriptures right here, what were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Now the word count is, I lead with this. It's like the lead with your left foot if you're, and man, the man's leading the dance. I lead. I, this is count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation. I, this is how I respond. This is, I've learned what things were gained to me. So now Paul is, all this that is valuable, wealthy, I've counted them as loss. For, or literally the word is through Christ. And that's the funny thing. This Christ that you have said yes to, he will be everything at the end of it. He has no other lovers. He does not accept us. He is a jealous God and a jealous husband, and he's calling us to himself. But he has a perfect way to do it. He just says, it's just not going to work with me. You know, one of the hardest things is a gifted, talented young person comes into this, or an old person comes into this, our church, and they said, I'm ready to just bring my gifts and put them into the practice. Most of the time, they just collapse because no flesh glories in his presence. And flesh is beautiful in the earth, but it's, it's just can get, you know, you know, like, it's like, it's not working anymore. I used to have all this influence. I used to have all this ability. I used to have all this talent. I used to have all this self-confidence. I used to know what I was doing. I used to feel like, no, I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I feel like. Now, if you'll stay with Jesus, that's the undoing journey. And everyone will be undone. God will take a man apart before he puts them together. So he says, yet indeed I also count all things lost through or for, but it's really word, through the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. So let me say this. If you seek Jesus, everything else will, will have, there'll be a loss factor. Now, a loss factor doesn't mean you lose it all, but it does mean you don't get to control any of it anymore. And that's a difficult. He says, in fact, for whom, Christ Jesus my Lord, I have suffered the loss of all things. And the word loss and suffered the loss, it's, it has a connotation at the very end of violence. And when you're with the Lord and you, here, I'll take that. No, you don't need that. No, I don't want you to have this. No, I want you to trust me here. No, 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 we don't. And you're kind of going, you taught me to be, to, there's three losses, three times mentioned in two verses. I'm, I'm supposed to count it, count the loss, as, and I'm supposed to just, okay, 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 all right, all right, all right. How do you do it? He says, I count it all rubbish. 
And now these were all the things that would have brought him a place of confidence in the flesh. He said, I, can't, I count it rubbish. That I may gain Christ. Now, I am so grateful for... See, I learned these scriptures very early. And so I had truth calling me forward that I could not live in. But nevertheless, it was true. I tried to live there. But you see, where my soul is and where my capacity to release are two different things. My soul has a grip on life that will take God to release it. And it's not just through the love and the embrace and the sound and the worship, like the Shulamite coming into an encounter. Some of the parts of my soul, the only way that they will release their grip on life is through the cross and through denying and through following. And that's when you get into these conflicts. How in the world did that happen? Why did this happen? I can't believe this happened. After what we did and how I consecrated myself and what I gave away and what I committed to, after I did this, I did that, this is what I get. I can't believe it. But you see, that's the, in, that's, that's the soul now being saved. But for a soul to be saved, it has to die first. Not die in the sense of cease to exist, but deny first, to let go of its interpretation, its demand. It has to be this way. We're not going to let it go that way. And thanksgiving is a key, key, key factor. So Paul says, I count it rubbish because I want to gain Christ. So to gain Christ is to lose all. To lose all is to gain Christ. But that point there between considering the loss is rubbish can be so difficult. I mean, seriously. I've stalled for years over one offense with God. I've refused to continue with him because of one crazy thing I'm hearing him say, but I can't make sense of why he's saying it and where I'm stuck in and where he won't get me out of it. And so I just kind of do a little pout. Forget it. I ain't going. We'll see how well your kingdom does without me. <laughs> it's like people when we finally decide we're just going to leave the church. We'll just show, they'll just find out what happened when I'm gone. Or I'm going to leave that marriage and then, you, you know, you just, it's, it's, it's funny when we can see it, but it's super real when we're in it. And it'll, I've, the beautiful thing is God was counting on it. God was counting on it. That's why when he said it came near time for Israel to be delivered out of Egypt, then he caused a baby to be born. So he said it's near 80 years ahead. So God knows the storyline that he takes us to. And he said, I want to be found in him. Now, here's, the, here's where we're going to be. And I, this day, when this day happens, we will have yielded. We will have, opinions will have fallen. Demands will have been re relinquished. Uh, uh, separations that we have decided we would keep in our life will have been absorbed and absolved in peace and the unity. Because he said, I want to be found in him. I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. Paul, you mean you're going through all of that to get rid of that righteousness that you have from obeying and observing your confidence? You, you, I, want to, I want it to be only that which is through 
the faith of Jesus. So the faith of Christ, the perfect righteous man, submitted himself perfectly to the Father, trusted him completely, did not demand God to take care of him in a certain way, but trusted God to de deal with all things for his purpose, for his good. Total returning of humanity back to God as it was put in place in the garden before the tree of knowledge, before the rebellion, before I have a right to say what I'm going to do and I'm not about to submit to anybody that isn't good for me. Now he says, oh, Lord, it's yours, Father. It's yours. So, boy, he said, I want to be found. This righteousness, which is through faith, in the faith of Christ, righteousness, which is from God by faith. So I, I, I want to say this. When I began to disengage strong judgments and critical thinking regarding how things can be and how things cannot be and having to realize I don't know everything and I, obviously I'm not having success trying to make it work my way but I don't really think I want to let God have his way so I'm going to just kind of try to sort out a new way when I finally began to relinquish that grip because you can lose everything and still hold that thing like this it should have been this way I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have married that idiot. That wasn't God's will for me. But now I'm stuck with that stupid person. Now they've left me in a mess. And I just think God should have. Why didn't you stop me, God? You know, just, just like that. A parent, you know, just we can do it all. So he started saying, I'm in charge. I'm sovereign. I knew you before time began in Christ. I saved you, I called you, I delivered you, everything, give it all back to me, it's all mine. And surprisingly, it was the book of Job that really, when I had, went down to have a showdown with God, my last showdown, I'll probably have more, but that last one, he took me through the book of Job, and by the time he had me crying like a baby, just so self-righteousness. any case, when that started to break free, he said, give me thanks. Thank me. I love you. That's why I'm making your life miserable. <laughs> I'm your father. I'm disciplining you. I'm going to gain you some endurance. You're going to learn to value my things that I value. You're going to partake in my holiness. I am after you. I will not let you have success. Your gifts will never take you anywhere. I am refusing you entry with that attitude. Now, again, no discipline is pleasant when you're in it. It's afterwards that it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And then you're going, thank you, Father. Thank you. I go around all the time saying to Father, thank you. Thank you for not letting me have success without Jesus Christ. Thank you for allow not allowing any of my gifts to work. Thank you that you got stood in my way and in my way and my way. Because when you start to, that's when the, that which was refused becomes rubbish, and that which is gain becomes Christ. And the Christ gain is first that I'm, I'm in Christ. I don't have to take care of myself. I don't have to be holy. He's holy. I'm just going to walk with him. I don't have to maintain my own integrity. He is my integrity. I'm just going to submit to him. I'm not going to try to come up with an outcome. I'm not going to direct God. I'm not a traffic control director in prayer. No, God, I need you. I depend upon you. I want you. I have no other way that anything's going to happen until you are the one that steps in the scene and 
probably there's a lot for me to learn before you will step into the scene because I'm obviously in the scene. So I love you. I praise you. I thank you. I want to trust you. And that, that's the thing. The old Keith Green song when I first got saved said, we, from dust to dust, we will return until we learn to trust. It's a whole journey of learning to trust. And now the gaining Christ. So I started thanking him. Thank you. Thank you that you didn't give me success. Try it. It's crazy. It's like anti-human. I'm going to thank you for things I didn't get that I wanted. I'm going to thank you for things you refused me to have or made me go through. I'm going to thank you for that idiot I married. Yes, thank God for the idiot. Seriously, we're so, so, I don't know. God knows who you are. God knows who I am. God knows me. I was so proud. Those heated conversations with Cammie. She'd say, you're so selfish. You're like the most selfish person I've ever known. I'm just thinking, I don't know that person. How could, you got, you mixed up with some No, it's the one I'm married. All you think about is yourself. All you think about, but it's all inside God. Oh, man, I couldn't, I, I just, then I would crumble. You can't say that to me. It makes me feel so bad. I don't, I, I, I've, I've only wanted to serve God. Just wimpy manipulation. Oh, God. Pitiful. But God is faithful. And though Cammie could not make me see it, and we'd finally, re, you know, she'd probably, you know, oh, Lord. Just back. Okay. Is it okay, Cammie? Am I, am I okay? Am I a good person? Oh, you're wonderful. I'll call you Lord. No. <laughs> no, I never asked her to do that. I, I probably wouldn't have refused her doing that. But now, I can see that in so many ways. And I find that my most greatest connections to God is confessing things I refuse to see that we're real and acknowledge them and give them to God, Lord, and begin to see something of God's power to take me into him and hold me there forever. Even though I know technically I'm there, legally by the Spirit and the new covenant, I'm there, but functionally enjoying. So when I started that Thanksgiving, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you. Because whatever I'm going through is for a purpose, to know Jesus Christ, to lose, what I, to lose what I'm not to keep and to gain what I cannot lose. To lose what I cannot keep and to gain what I cannot lose. That's my life. I can't keep my life, but if I lose it, then I can't. Oh, it's, and and then, it, then this whole realm starts to take, open up. He says, I could be found in him, not having my own righteousness, that I might know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. See, that fear of death says, I want to know him inside of his power to avoid all form of death. And there's no resurrection without death. And that was Jesus' faith. That's the, I can know you. I'm going to know you. And the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. It, it just doesn't work in the human mind. 
It's like the, the, three, the three reasons we are overcomers in heaven is the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. We'll sing songs all about that, but it's very hard to get someone to say, and I love not my life unto death. Just mutilate me. Tell them, make me feel bad about me. Tell me I'm no good because it doesn't matter because I don't love me. Which is suke, life, me, me. That's me. I don't love me. And if, but it's because, wow, it just started getting over and big. And, and then you go, there's a suffering, fellowship of his suffering. Though he was a son, he learned obedience. If Jesus, the Messiah, learned obedience through what he went through, off of what he walked through, do you really think God's not going to have us do the same thing? I mean, it's a part of the, like, sorry, you're just too selfish. And you'll cover it in religion. Or you're covered in sacrifice. Oh, I did it all for you. No, you didn't. You did it for you. You know, those are the, that's the journey of maturity. And I can be conformed to his death that I, by any means I might attend to the resurrection from the dead. This is a place of maturity. Not that I've already attained or I've already been perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Put them out of mind. Put them out of mind. All regrets should not live in the heart and mind of a believer. There are no regrets in the kingdom. Only things that have yet to be repented to the point of salvation without regret. We are in our trouble because we're in trouble. And we can blame others, but it, it's only, it just when it starts happening, you start going, there's no regrets. I am, I am, I am, I'm right where you want me to be. I'm right where you want me to be. I humble myself under your mighty hand. I want you to see me. I'm humbling myself. I have no means to do anything, but you have I've done all things, and the Son's intercession will do everything. And I accept that I'm loved and in the beloved, therefore I'm accepted, and I'm just going to stay agreeing here. Meanwhile, Soul's going wacko, crazy, moving all over the place, running on the chariot wheels. And you come back. I believe God. I receive your testimony of your son. He is the only means for life. Life is in the son. I am accepted in the beloved. I thank you. I rejoice in that. And everything going crazy, then the world, then you go to Thanksgiving meal, and then all oh, your salvation's already forgotten. Your flesh rises. Oh. But I used to be afraid of me. Now I just return me back to Jesus. And say, oops. There was me again. That was my flesh. I went, yeah, it, that was my flesh. Boy, I can be holy by myself. <laughs> but Thanksgiving is... A major key. Forget what went behind. Reach forward. There's things ahead. What is the thing that we're all lost everything for? Is to press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's the reason, you know. Let's stand together. I just think the Lord's so pleased with us. And he always says that to me at a time when he's disciplining me. Because, did you know the, the only thing that impresses God on this earth is humility? Can you imagine that? 
Just read it yesterday. Uh, Rehoboam, Solomon's son, forgets the law. Israel forgets the law. And God sends him an Egyptian army to destroy him. And, but he always sends a prophet. He says, the reason all this is happening is because you rejected me. You didn't accept me as your Lord. And so Rehoboam says, God is true. That is our true word. I repent. I humble myself. I humble myself. So next thing God says, do you see how Rehoboam humbled himself? It's like, it's like, I can't believe it. A fear-filled individual bound in trials has humbled himself and accepted me as God over himself and letting me be the Lord, let me be that come. I won't destroy him. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. We thank you. This Thanksgiving, we thank you in the midst of our tests and trials, all of our losses and conflicts, all of the betrayals. We don't know where you stood in our way. We have no idea. I can see the scriptures, but to live them, oh, what a joy. Praise you, Jesus. Right now, one thing I can't do is I can't thank thank God for things I don't forgive. So if there's someone in your life right now that's just, you'd rather them dead than alive, or at least out of your sight, or you feel that they have brought extended grief and sorrow and have made your life a living hell, forgive them. Just release them. Just say, I let you go. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. I will not hold over you an outcome that I demand you to take. I release you. You're free. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Live the way you're going to live. I'm not going to try to tell you you can't. I'm not going to control you in the smallest of ways. I release you. I release you. It could be people that are dead. Parents that are dead. But there's still that memory of them controlling you. And you think, the reason I'm in this messed up place is because they're controlling me. Well, you are. But forgive them. I release you. Release you. I release you. I release you. Then thank the Lord for the journey, in the journey, for Christ finding me inside the journey, rescuing me from me. Thank Him. What a beautiful thing. If you hadn't, if I hadn't, if I would have. If I could have, if I should have, I would not know this Jesus the way I know you. You would not have worked in my life the way I've been found you. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful work of grace and mercy. Thank you. I know it can be really hard. It almost feels like it's anti-Christ to forgive that which is unforgivable and to thank God for what is seemingly no I can't do that but you can't Jesus did it for all of us for all time we can do it all time for Jesus Jesus take your place 
Take your place. Take your place. We bless our thanksgiving or lack of one. We bless those in our lives or the ones that have refused us in their lives. We say grace, grace to all in thanksgiving, grace into our nation, grace to family, children, bereaved, forgotten, lost. We forgive, we receive. Oh, have you just raise your hand as we worship? There's something here. The best part of all of this is Jesus Christ begins to be known and seen, experienced. He was always going to be and the only one that could be the Savior of the world and healer of our lives and deliverer of our situations. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you. We praise you. We praise you. We thank you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you for your salvation. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come and consume God. All we are. We bow in submission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. I love you. We love you. We want you. We love you. We want you, Jesus. Come back. Can I, just because we're about to close, but I almost have a hard time saying the word want in that, in that song. To come, consume, as though I could really participate willfully and willingly. But I'm willing because I need you. Truth be told, we need Jesus. We need him to do this. Otherwise, we will be bound to ourselves all of our lives and never made free. So we need you. Can we sing it that way? I need you. Come and consume God. All we are. We will be mission. Our hearts are yours. We need you. We need you. We need you. Take it. Bring us to where we can be. Come and consume. God, all we are, we bow in submission, our hearts are yours, we need you, we need you, we need you, come and consume God, all we are, we bow in submission, our hearts are yours, we need you, we need you, only you, God, come and
a week of thanksgiving, forgiving and giving thanks to God in all things, over all things, through all things, in glorious Christ, the anointed one, who is carrying our life into fullness and freedom from ourselves, that he might be supreme in all things. He is Lord. He will be love where love needs to be. You'll be kindness where kindness needs to be. You'll be joy where joy needs to be. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we now submit this week to the Lord that he might be glorified through us, in us, in whatever depths we feel and experience of ourselves, that you would be seen, that you would shift that you would bring peace where there is no peace, joy where there's been no joy, hope where there's been hopelessness, life where there has been death, that you will just explode first in us, through us, around us, and wherever we've held people captive through unforgiveness and demands of their changing according to our outcome-based belief, we release them now. And wherever we have held you captive, Papa, because you didn't do what we thought you should do, we release you. And we say, you know what you're doing. You know who you're working with. And you will complete what you began in each of us. We expect great miracles that will come out of God. And great salvation. And great healings and great moves of God. And we need you. Come, come, come. Take over everything. Take over everyone. Have your way in everything. Leave us not alone. Joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit is ours now. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is ours Go ahead. Righteousness. Say it with me. Righteousness, peace, joy is ours in the Holy Spirit. Again, righteousness, peace, joy is ours in the Holy Spirit. One more time. Righteousness, peace, and joy is ours in the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, I bless and receive the grace of our Lord Jesus, the peace of our God in our homes, in our hearts, and in this week of Thanksgiving, that you would do and be everything in every way for your glory and for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen.